Welcome to the Anchored Hope Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to join us today. Today's series is Different, Part 5, Influencer or Influenced, featuring Michael Davis. Well, so now that I have to use a handheld, I'm going to feel like I'm at like a, a comedy club thing. This is going to be a little weird, which I actually have done one time in my life. I was actually asked one time to do stand-up comedy and did it. And I made a lot of people upset. But I can say I can scratch it off my bucket list. But anyway, um, I want to start today off by just asking you a question, okay? Asking you a question. And I want you to think about it for a minute, all right? And the question is going to be this. When do you talk to your non-Christian friends about Christ? And everybody said, oh, shoot. I'm not going to like this sermon, all right? When do you talk to your non-Christian friends about Christ? The truth is... Most of us don't. I mean, for some of us, it's even hard to identify as Christian, if you are a Christian. For some of you who are not a Christian, you definitely didn't tell anybody that you were coming to church today, right? But, I mean, for some of us, the line that we don't even pass is inviting somebody to church. And some of us have a hard time even doing that. But when is it that you talk to your non-Christian friends about Christ? Because this is something that we're supposed to do. I mean, you know, we've, we've been doing this study on, on 1 Peter, and this is a verse that we've talked about several times. Peter, he said this. He said, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Peter said, hey, this is something that God has called you to do, something that God wants you to do. He's done this in your life so that you can be this beacon of hope. You can be this beacon of light in the world. And he's done this so that you may declare the praises of him. So the question is, is how, how do you do that and when do you do that? And if you're not doing it, how do you start? What does it even look like to do that? And I think that's a question on, on every Christian's mind. How do I even talk to my friends about Christ? How do I even start that conversation? I don't have the right words to say. I don't know what I would say if I was put in that position. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you haven't, if you haven't been here the last couple weeks, if, if you haven't been a part of this series, I want to welcome you, Anchor, Anchored Hope Church, whether you're watching online or you're here in person for the first time. And if you want to get caught up on this whole series, we've kind of done this, this study of 1 Peter. If you want to get caught up on this series, you can go to our website or our Facebook or our YouTube or our podcast, and you can see all of that stuff there. But we would love it if you guys would, would go and share that with other people. But if you want to get caught up, that's the way to do it. But Peter, he, he started off this, this, this letter that he wrote. And the whole reason he had to write it is because in 64 AD, there was a great fire in Rome. A fire broke out in Rome, and it, was, it, it burned for nine days, and it burned up two-thirds of Rome. And it was such a devastating fire that many people thought that Nero, who was the emperor at the time, had to be behind it. And so everybody pointed their fingers at Nero because of some political things that were happening in the Senate. And when that happened, Nero had to point his finger at somebody else. And so who he decided to point it at was a group of people that many people thought were a cult. Many people were superstitious of them. Many people didn't even look at them as a religion yet. And those were Christians. And so he pointed his finger at Christians because people had some real, real weird uh, opinions of them. 
And so he pointed at Christians and goes, no, I'll tell you who started that fire in Rome. It was the Christians. And so he points his finger at the Christians, and they become public enemy number one. Actually, when they're captured and brought into court, they're actually accused of being haters of the human race. So they're basically labeled, you know, as terrorists. And so they're labeled as terrorists. They're on the run. All these things are going on. Everybody, the whole world is against them. And so Peter, who's about 60 to 65 years old at this time, this is 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, he decides to write a letter. And so he writes this letter and kind of tells everybody, well, here's what you need to do. I know you guys, we're all Christians. We're all stuck in the middle of this. What do we do in this point in time in our life? Because, I mean, there were some really, really, really strong emotions at the time. And so everybody points their fingers at the Christians, and Peter writes a letter. And he starts off the letter in a very unique way. This is how he starts the letter. He says to him, he goes, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, exile scattered throughout the provinces. And if you were part of the series, we talked about that word exiles in the Greek actually means aliens or foreigners, people who don't belong. And you'll see this word pop up again and again and again in your New Testament Bible in this letter. He uses the word foreigners, he uses the word exiles, but it's all the same Greek word. And what Peter is trying to tell them is, is a specific message. He says, hey, you exiles, hey, you aliens, hey, you foreigners. Meaning, hey, you guys, I'm trying to remind you of something. You do not belong to this world. This world is not your home. You're, you're, not, you're not here. Don't think of your life as just your time here on this earth. You are actually citizens of heaven. You are children of God. And you are saved by grace. And so, therefore, you should live as citizens of heaven, not citizens of this world. Don't be concerned with the things that happen on this world. Think about how what you do on this world, how it impacts your eternity. But also keep in mind that God wants the people around you, your persecutors even, he wants them to be in heaven with you as well. And so for that reason, I, I want you to live different in this world. I want you to be different. I want you to live as citizens of heaven. And so he, he keeps up with this theme and he, he talks to him about this the whole time. And, and then he comes to a place where he addresses how you talk to your friends about Christ, about being this representative, about being this light in the world. And it picks off right where we left off last week. The very last verse that we shared last week, this is what Peter says next. He says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. He says, here's the thing that happens. And this is something you already know. I'm not telling you anything new. This is things that you already know if you think about it long enough. Is that this, is that here's the thing. When you live differently, when you live a different life, people take interest. People take interest, and when their interest is peaked, all of a sudden, they will begin to ask questions. And Peter says, when they start to have ask questions, you had better have an answer for the questions that they have. Have you ever had anybody take interest in your life before? You know, may, maybe it was something that you, you, something, you know, let's think something materialistic or, or superficial, right? And, and they asked you this question. Hey, where did you get that? Where did you get that? Where did you buy that at? Where did you pick one of those up? I've seen those. Every time I talk about it with my friends, somehow, Facebook and Instagram, they, they, they know I'm somewhat talking about that. And I see an, an ad pop up, and it's been popping up. And I've been wondering, 
you know, do, where, where do you get one of those? Because I thought maybe I should get one of those, and it looks really good on you, and it seems to work for you. Man, where, where did you get that? I'm really interested. Where, where, where could I maybe get one of those? They may ask you, where did you get that? They may even ask you this question. They may ask you, how did you get that? Hey, how did you get that? Like, what did you have to do? What did it cost you? What did you have to give up? How did you get that? Maybe even they saw something in you, like a, an attribute or a characteristic, and they said, man, you're, you're brave. You're confident. You're very wise. How did you get that? You know, what, did, what decision did you have to make? What process did you go through? What is it that you had to decide to do to get that? Or here's the real big question, right? Here's like the, 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 the end all be all. This is the best. And it's, it's when something like this happens. It's when people notice something different in you in the midst of something different around you. Now that's, that's a real, real game changer. When people notice something different in you in the midst of something around you. And then they ask you this question. They ask you this. They ask you, how can you be that? Man, how, how is it that you can be that? How, how, how in the midst of something scary can you be brave? How, how in the midst of something so chaotic can you be so calm? How in the midst of what everything that's going on right now, how can you be in control of your emotions? How is it that you can be that? Maybe some of you have been asked that question even this last year with, with the pandemic and with an election, with all of these different things going on. People may ask you, man, how in the midst of all this can you have hope? How in the midst of this can you, you know, keep in mind this bigger picture and not be scared of what's going to happen next? How can you be that? You know when they ask you those questions, when they ask you, where did you get that? How did you get that? How can you be that? You know what they're really asking you? What they're really asking you is this, is how do I get me some of that? Because you know what? If it works for you, maybe it would work for me. And I, I'm, I've, I've seen that before. And I've, I've, that's, that's come up before. And I've been in that position before. And I'm wondering, where, where could I get some of that? How could I get some of that? Uh, who you are, I would kind of like to be like that. And when you're given this opportunity, all of a sudden the door is open. Somebody's asked you this question and the door is suddenly open to tell them about Christ, to share with them an explanation of where your hope comes from. You really have two options and your two options are this. You can either take credit or give credit. You can either take credit or you can give credit. And it's very, very, very tempting to take credit, isn't it? Because in that moment, you feel really, really, really good. I mean, people look at you and they see something in you that they like, something they would like to be, something they would like to become. And then they end up saying things like this to you. They end up saying, wow, you are so inspiring. You are so wise. I, I want to be like you. And that makes you feel pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, when you hear words like that, when people tell you those things, I mean, it's very easy to go, well, you know, where did you get that? Well, I don't know. It's just always kind of been there, you know. How, how can you be that? Well, you know, one day I just, I was just 
made the decision to have faith over fear, and it was that simple for me, you know, and I just made the decision to be brave, and I've just kind of always persevered like that. You know, it's very easy to take that credit and go, yeah, this is just this is just who I am. I don't know. I mean, it's just always been there. It's just always been that way. And then even sometimes, you know, your wife or your husband comes in and goes, oh, it's so true. They always have been. It's for the reason I married them, you know. And they really just love that about you and they kind of lift you up. But here's the thing that happens when that, when, when that takes place. When you take credit for that, when people really just pour into you and think you're so amazing and they even say literally, man, I want to be like you. They even go on social media, and they may even hit the, hit the literal follow button. I'm going to follow them because I want to be like them, and I want to aspire to be like them. You know what happens? You put a lot of pressure on yourself. And that moment right there, man, you just, you just created a standard because now all eyes are on you, and they want to be like you. And they're looking to you for answers. They're looking to you to be wise. They're looking for you for action. And when people start to follow you and aspire to be like you, you know what you become? You become an influencer. And that sounds really cool today in our culture, doesn't it? I mean, who doesn't want to be an influencer? Who doesn't want to have followers? Who doesn't want to have fans? But here's the thing. The thing that comes with being an influencer is responsibility and pressure. Because then people are looking at you to produce answers, to produce content, to produce wisdom, to give direction. And everybody's waiting on you to make a post. And everybody's looking at you to give direction. Let me ask you something. Do you really need that kind of pressure in your life? Do you really want that added responsibility in your life? See, the thing is, is it sounds really cool to be an influencer, but what comes with being an influencer is really something that none of us are ready or prepared for. And, and I like how Shakespeare put it. Shakespeare, uneasy is the head that wears the crown. It's not so easy. It's not so easy to be an influencer. And as Christians... We're not called to be influencers. We're called to be something completely different. And John the baptizer, John the Baptist as we know him, he even was put in this predicament himself. You know, when he came on the scene, when he came on the scene, there were, there were no disciples. There wasn't even a Jesus yet. People were waiting on Jesus to come. But there was nothing like that. And all of a sudden, people, they loved John. You know, John invented baptism, actually. And so people looked at John, and they, he became an influencer. People looked to him for answers. People looked to him to influence people. People looked for him for wisdom. People even looked at John and said, John, we want to be just like you. And John was put in this position where he could have chosen to be an influencer. And do you know what John said? John said this. He said, a person can receive only what is given to them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and, it is, and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. And then he says this, he must become greater, and I must become less. 
He goes, you know what? She said, I'm not the bride. I'm not the groom. I'm the best friend that gets everybody coffee. Okay? I, that's, that's me, okay? I, I'm the one who's just behind the bride picking up her dress and, and making sure that it doesn't get dirty. Like, that's, that's who I am. I am neither the bride nor the groom. I'm not even the officiant. I am nobody important in this wedding. I am just the best friend. And I am completely okay with that. You know why? Because I'm not supposed to be anything other than the best friend. He must become greater and I must become less. And this is what Peter says. Peter says, you want to know how to talk to your friends about Christ? How to be this light in the world? How to share with people the story, the good news of what God has done in your life? He would say this. He would say, instead of being an influencer, share your story of being influenced. Don't be an influencer. Don't be somebody that people want to be like. Instead, point them to the one that they should actually be like. Because you're going to fail. And you're going to mess up. And you don't need that added responsibility of being this inspiring figure, this inspiring influencer that gives answers and gives wisdom to people. No, 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 no. You're not the bride and you're not the groom. You're just the best friend. And when people come to you and are so inspired and influenced by you, what you should do is pass the credit along where credit is due. Be prepared to tell them. This is your opportunity. This is how the doors open. How do I talk to my friends about Christ? When do I talk to my friends about Christ? When they see something different in you and they go, hey, what is that? You need to be prepared to tell them the where, the how, and the who. Where did you get that? How did you get that? And how can you be that? Where did you get that? Well, you know, I, I, I grew up in church and I stopped going, you know, whenever I could make the decision to stop going to church. And then, you know, I, I saw this, this Facebook ad or I started watching this Facebook video. My friend invited me and I went to Anchored Hope Church. And I started going to Anchored Hope Church and, you know, I, they're, they're a church for people who don't like church. And I started going and I started listening. And then, I, man, I just I made the decision to follow Christ. And I've, I've, I've been part of that church and I've been going to that church and I serve that church and I believe in what that church is doing. Well, well, how did you get that way? Well, you know, I mean, pastor always talks about following Jesus makes you better at life and, and, and makes your life better. And so I, I tried it out and I don't have all the answers. I mean, I don't know everything, but I've learned enough that, that Christ died for my sins, that Jesus loves me, that he has a plan and a purpose for my life. And so I made the decision to follow Jesus. And so I follow Jesus' teachings. I try my best to be like Jesus. I've surrendered my life to Jesus. And that's how that happened. Yeah, but how can you be that? Like I see you in these situations and you're just, you're so different from everybody else. Your response is so different from everybody else. How can you be that? Well, Man, honestly, really, I've just, I've surrendered my life to Christ. And, I, you know, when I put my faith in myself, it did me wrong every single time. Every single time I came up short when I put my faith in myself. And so instead, I've put my faith in Christ. And so when I'm worried and when I'm scared and when I don't know what's going to happen next, I put my faith in Jesus and it just, it just kind of seems to take care of itself. Now, that's the elevator pitch, right? Okay. That's the I don't want to cry speech. That's, that's, that's like the explanation you give to the checkout lady at Walmart, okay? Like that's, that's the short version. 
But you know what? I just, you, you and I both know I really oversimplified that, didn't I? Like I really oversimplified that. For a, because for a lot of you, it is a whole lot more personal than that, isn't it? Because where did you get that? Well, it all started when we, we couldn't have a kid. You know, it all started when I was an alcoholic and then when I was addicted. Where did I get that? Well, it all started when I was at my wit's end and I just, I did not know where I was going next and I was confused and I was lost and I was scared and I was anxious. That's where it started. And where did I get that? It was on my knees with tears in my eyes. And, and how did I get that? Well, again, I could over simplify it for you, but how did I get that? If I was really, really honest, and if a lot of you were honest, how did I get that? It was at a moment at my breaking point where I just didn't know what to do, and it took everything within me to surrender myself to Christ. And I finally was able to let everything go and put my faith in something that was bigger than me. And how can I be that? That's where we laugh. Because honestly, we can try to put words to it, but we can't explain it. All that we know is we are not the same person that we used to be. Because in some mysterious way, the Spirit of God has done something new in us and transformed our mind and our heart and our anger. And there's a mercy and there's a grace and there's a love and there's a bigger picture in our minds now. And I, I, I wish I could explain to you how I am the way I am, but I can't take any credit for you. All I can do is God is my Lord and Savior and I put my faith in Him and I, it's just made me different. You know those personal elements of your story? Those are the ones that are really powerful. Those personal touches, that, that personal part of your story of when and how and why and who, man, those are the things that make the real difference in people's lives. And you need to understand just how powerful your story is because many of you don't understand it. You, you are sitting on something massively powerful that somebody else needs to hear. Do you realize, do you realize that there is someone sitting exactly where you've sat before? There is somebody who has sat, who is sitting exactly where you've sat before, and they need to hear your story. They need to hear what you heard when you were sitting in that seat. They need to know what you know now that you didn't know when you were sitting in that seat. They need to, be, they need to understand that some of the things they're being told aren't true from the people around them. People need to hear your story. Your story is powerful. Your story can impact somebody. And you need to share that with other people when the opportunity presents itself. When people see something different in you and ask where and why and how and what that is, don't take credit. Don't be an influencer. Be somebody who shares how they were influenced by Christ. And then Peter says, and this is an important note, Peter says this. He says, but do this with gentleness and respect. When you do this, when you share this hope, do it with gentleness and respect. A commentary that I read this week um, 
I, I have commentaries that I use to study for my sermons and study these scripture verses. And a commentary that I read, this is, this is what it said. I love this. It said, in Peter's day, this time in 64 AD, when Christians were looked upon as evildoers and accused of heretical religious view and bad morals, their best defense was not cruel argument but good conversation in Christ. Let me ask you a question about Christians of today. It's going to be on the screen. Do Christians going to be on the screen. Do Christians tend to argue their point or have a good conversation in Christ? I, I just heard the audible amen in your hmm. Yeah, I heard you. I heard you. Hmm. Yeah, we all can say hmm, right? Because we've all had some conversations with some Christians before. We've all had some conversations with some families before. It's the reason you're at a church for people who don't like church because you've had some churchy people conversations before. Yeah. And they tend to argue their point, don't they? They tend to want to be right. They tend to, to have an agenda, don't they? And Peter knew the temptation even back then because, I mean, the Christians at that time, they, they were put in such a, a difficult position and they wanted to argue. They wanted to fight back. They wanted to prove people wrong. And Peter goes, now listen though, when you do this, there's a certain way to do it that's right. And there's a certain way to do it that's wrong. And Peter would say, don't try to prove a point. Just be proof of God's grace. You don't need to prove your point. You don't need to prove that you're right. Only thing that God is asking you to do is be proof of God's grace. And the only way to do that is through your personal testimony, how God has influenced you. And that's all he wants you to share. He doesn't want you to give a grand speech. He doesn't want you to prove anybody wrong or prove anybody right. He just wants you to tell you a story of where, how, and why, and who you were influenced by. So... To wrap this up, let me ask you three questions, and I want you to run your mind through this to kind of determine where you are. The first question is this. Are you living different, different enough for people to take notice? I asked you at the very beginning of the series, what makes you different? And I told you, this is not going to be a simple question. I want you to wrestle with this question. Well, you've had five weeks. It's time to give me an answer. Are you different? Because the truth is, for a lot of us, being a follower of Christ hasn't changed a whole lot in our lives. And that's wrong. Because when you follow Christ, it's choosing to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And that should change you. That should make you different. That should make you look like a citizen of heaven. So are you living different enough for people to take notice? Because if you're not, maybe what you need to do today is make the decision to truly surrender your life to Christ. And then let me ask you a second question. When they notice, who do you give credit to? Do, do you give your, your, yourself a, a, a pat on the back? Do you, do you tell yourself, man, yeah, well, thank you. You know, I am a good dad. I am a good husband. I am a good man. Yeah, the, thank you. I'm, I'm kind of an entrepreneur. I'm kind of a leader. I kind of consider myself to do that. You know, who do you give the credit to? 
Even if it was something like an attribute your parents had. Your parents, that came from somebody, right? I mean, come on. We've, if, we don't, if we take the credit, we, all we do is become an influencer. And if all we do is become an influencer, then we put a new burden on ourselves. That's not what we want. We're the best friend. So when they take notice, who is it that you give credit to? And the last question is this. Is when you give credit, is your quest to prove a point? Or to just be proof of God's grace. Because that's all you've been asked to do is to be proof of God's grace in your life. And to share your personal, personal, intimate story of what God has done in you. Because there is someone around you who is sitting where you have sat. Who is passing through the valley that you have passed through. And God did not bring you through that valley simply so that you could be a better person or have a better life. He helped you and led you through that valley so that you could be a helper to somebody else. So that you could pass along the good news, the gospel that's been given to you. Peter, he wraps up this letter. And again, if you haven't read this letter in the last five weeks, it's only five chapters, people. Come on, all right? So if you haven't read it, read it this week before Easter. But Peter, he wraps up this letter, and this is, this is one of the most beautiful things that I, I think that, that any leader could say to his people who are in uncertain times, who are in times like they're in, where, where they, just, they didn't know what to do, and they were angry, and they were emotional. And this is what Peter says to them. He says, above all, he says, if I could just, if I could wrap this up, if I could just tell you one simple thing really, really quick. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Meaning, you know what? When in doubt, love it out. I made that up. It's not even in my script. You can ask the guys later, right? When in doubt, love it out. He's like, I'm, I'm just telling you. I, I, I don't know how many other ways I can say this. But I'm just telling you, love one another. Because it covers a multitude of sins and offers hospitality. And offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. In 64 AD, the, the common opinion of Christians was that they were terrorists, that they were haters of the human race, that they were evil cannibals who were incestuous and, and self-righteous. And Peter said, how do we change people's minds? You can't fight back. There's no point to prove. There's no way we'll be able to just change people's opinions as, of us unless we live differently. But if we live differently, if we live as citizens of heaven, and if we show people, not tell people, if we show people that they're wrong about us, just maybe, just maybe. And you know what? Today we live in a day and age where we're not going through as Americans the same persecution that the Christians did in 64 AD. But I would say that most of the world has a pretty low opinions of Christians today. That when they look at most Christians, they think of self-righteous judgmental, ignorant, bigots. How do we change people's opinions of us today? The only way that we can do that 
It's through the same concept and idea that Peter shared 2,000 years ago. Is by living different. Is by being holy and set apart and sacred, as holy as God is. By not crumbling in the midst of hard times, but using this faith to test, or using this to test the genuineness of our faith. By choosing to take these moments to live so different that people take notice and they go, what in the world is wrong with you? I want me some of that. And to take that opportunity to not give ourselves a gold star or to not gain another follower, but for us to be the one who points to the one who has made a difference in our life. To point to Jesus and go, let me tell you about him. Because he is the one who is my Lord and my Savior who has changed my life. And let me tell you the personal story of what he did in my life. Where I sat once where you are sitting now. And he's made a difference in my life. And he's made my life better. And he's made me better at life. And I just think it could work for you too. If we all live that way and if we all lived loving and serving one another, even our enemy, even our persecutor, tell me who wouldn't want to be a Christian. Tell me whose mind wouldn't be changed about Christianity. It worked in 64 AD. And it took time. It took about four generations. But finally, people's minds changed. And even in that four generations where it was illegal to be a Christian, where Christianity was considered a cult, Christianity grew faster and stronger than it has ever been before. And maybe, maybe a little persecution is what we even need. Maybe what we need is to be given a time in history once again where it's not so easy to be a Christian. Where we get put in a position in a spot where we have to make the conscious decision to be different. To be a true light in a dark world. And then just maybe people will become interested again. I'm going to invite the band to come back up and we're going to close with a song that we sang a couple weeks ago that talks about what we've been talking about, about being different. And my prayer for you this Easter season is, is, is Easter is here next week. You have this awesome opportunity in front of you this week to invite somebody. So, there's somebody around you who is sitting where you've sat before, who, who may have plans to go to church or may not, and even their plans to go to church may just be going back to what they already know or going back to grandma's church or, you know, making it a family thing, whatever it may be. In front of you sits a huge opportunity to tell someone where and how and why and who. In front of you is an awesome opportunity to do the bare minimum and just invite them to church or to share your story. And yes, even the personal details that connect other people to Christ. If you would have the bravery to do that, man, the difference it could make in somebody's life. Because many of you, even today, you are sitting here because somebody invited you. Because somebody told you, hey, come and sit with me. Come and watch with me. Come and check this out. There's this place in the middle of Troy. And I think that if you would just come and you would listen, I'm not, I'm telling, you're not going to get all the answers and there's going to be a lot of questions and stuff, but if you would just come and sit with me, 
maybe, just maybe, it would make a difference in your life. Would you pray this week about doing that? Would you pray about extending that invitation to somebody else? Because there's somebody who needs it. And there's somebody around you who if you would share the good news with them, the difference it could make in their life could be huge. And through them, even more could hear the good news as well. So would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to pray for you this morning. God, this morning, first I just want us all to look at our own hearts. God, is there a, a place in my heart that is more of this world, more worldly than it is heavenly? God, is there a place in my life and in my heart that I have not surrendered to you? Is there somewhere where you want me to live different? change me? Would you renew me? Would you help me to surrender that to you? God, would I live so different that people would take notice? And when they take notice and they ask a question, how in the world can you? Why are you? Where did you? That God, we would not take that opportunity to make ourselves greater, but that God, we would take that opportunity to make you greater. That God, we would take that opportunity to make ourselves less and to lift you up proof of your God's, your God's grace. God, would you help us to do that? Would you help us to be light in a dark place? Would you help us with the people that you've put in our place? God, you've put them in our path because right now they're dealing with something and they're fighting with something. They're going through something. They're sitting on that seat in the bus that we've sat in before and we know how it feels to sit in that seat. We know that heartache. We know that sadness. We know that desperation. We know that concern. And God, we know what it feels like to be hopeless. But God, you saw us through that valley. And so would you help us to be ambassadors for you? Would you help us to, to pass along the influence that you have had in our lives to somebody else? And would it be an opportunity for us to go to that person and tell them about Jesus? Would we be able to go and, and pass along that invitation to follow you? Would you, would, would you help bring them along to the where? And would, would you, we show them how? And would, would we be examples, God, of your son, Jesus Christ, that lives so different that it would, it would gain people's attention, that it would change people's opinions of Christianity? And God, above all else, above all else would we love and serve one another would you help us to do that no matter the circumstances no matter the times no matter the persecution no matter the temptations would you help us to above all else love God this is what we know we've been called to do we've been called to share your hope and so would you do that in us would you help us with that would you Inspire and challenge us this week to live that out as there's this opportunity in front of us. God, every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. 
Every Sunday is an opportunity to worship you and to celebrate your resurrection. This is just the one Sunday where it's highlighted and it's in people's minds. So would we be able to take this opportunity? Would we be able to take this last year that we've had and use it, God, to share the reason for the hope that we have? That's our prayer, God. In your name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to support Anchored Hope, you can make a donation at anchoredhope.church forward slash give. If you'd like to connect with someone from Anchored Hope, go to anchoredhope.church forward slash hot. Thank you for listening and God bless.